conversations truly matter because if we weren't having this conversation, my brain's going in all different directions right now and we need to stir the pot sometimes and we can only do that by having honest, open conversations with leaders. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale, and these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch, or two, or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper, behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans, who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. I am so excited, to be honest, to have this conversation with you today, Sha. Uh, thank you for being here on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. Thank you for so much for having me. You know what? Like, we have known each other for a little while now, but I, I watch as you continue to evolve. And I think as a leader, this, this is so important how we evolve. And I, I think actually, as you're getting more mature in what you're doing, you're actually evolving very differently. How do you see yourself today versus when you first began? Oh my gosh. I don't think I'd recognize myself now. <laughs> Sometimes look back through photographs and even initial marketing graphics that I would do and I look back and you've got to have those cringe moments and I think that when you look back and see how far you've actually come and your original way that you would present yourself and share your voice and your message and you know, I don't know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was salesy, it was very tacky because I didn't know better. And I guess I was at the start of the journey where that felt right and that's how you do it. And uh, I look back now and I realise that I've dropped from my head to my heart space and I'm probably known as over Shara uh, now <laughs> because I give, <laughs> I give far too much, but my audience my tribe, I guess, they adore that. And mm. there's other people who go, why do you share so much? Well, then it's not my people. Yeah. It doesn't mean I change. So I think I'm really, really comfortable as I've clicked over 50 as well uh, last year. I'm really comfortable in my own skin mm. and I don't try and change who I am now to fit in with other people. I just wait for those people who go, you rock. I love the way that you, you play and you do business and I want to hang. Yeah. I think, you know, I love what you're saying there. And I think that giving voice to can change over time. I think it gets stronger. And I love one of the reasons I wanted to have a conversation today with you was to sort of deep dive more around, you know, not just your message, but I believe it's your mission and what you're doing. And particularly because you're in the, you know, really working with females and is it, is it feminescence? Like, is that how you say it? Yeah. Feminescence, yeah. Yeah, like what is that and why is that important? Because I don't know about you, but I grew up very much 
around, you know, people calling me a tomboy because I hung out with the guys. I, I didn't feel like a male. I didn't look like a male. But I honestly, you know, and because I became quite strong and decisive as I grew into whoever I grew into, I think I'm still growing into, uh, you know, but it's like all of a sudden there were these labels like, you know, you're, you're very masculine, you're very, uh, you know, and, and kind of became a threat in a lot of ways. So that's why I'm really interested to find out more about how you see it and and what you're thinking with what you're doing absolutely and I love that because I think that there's a lot of women who have been in that same situation Kira Marie and yeah. so the feminescence movement uh and I really haven't had anyone say this no I had one person say is this a feminist movement oh hell uh, no I have six men in my immediate family including two beautiful grandsons and I adore men and their energy and what they bring yeah. to the world and the table and we need that god we need that as women in business women in life uh so feminescence is really about uh, I guess how it came about is probably a, the first conversation. So we published another magazine and a movement called YMAG, and YMAG was all about your why, your purpose, mm. and it all triggered by watching Simon Sinek on TED, TEDx or TED years and years and years ago, and I just fell in love with this why. It all starts with why, like, oh, my God, this was just like ding. And then I just went on this whole tangent and this whole business model appeared with this magazine. What if we could profile women in business uh, that share why they do what they do, not just what I do and buy from me? What if we go back to the why? And that went on this beautiful journey of, of why weekends, two-day summits to find your why, the why network, business networking group. Like it just went off. And, uh, and that was amazing. And then I guess... During the last few years with the pandemic, it has a lot of people in my circle anyway, it really made them go back and sit in their naughty corner and say, hang on a minute, what difference am I actually making? Because all of a sudden I'll go to Italy and live there for six months, which is on our radar, and I'll do, oh, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that maybe next year. We thought we had all these choices that we could make ourselves, mm. let alone did we know that the world was going to go, no, 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 no. We are going to put the brakes on for a minute for whatever reasons you believe. And that's all fine. But it made everyone go, well, hang on, all these things I've been putting off or procrastinating about, I no longer have the choice to do. Yeah. So what can I do? What can I do to create impact in the world? And so during some things that we had happen within our personal home as well with, uh, you know, challenges, it really sat me on my backside, to be honest, Kira Marie. And I really, mm. I really started to go, you know, I've 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 achieved, I guess, a fair bit, but yet I've achieved nothing. Yeah. And so I had this conversation and and I've been married 30, 30 years now and uh, Russ is my sounding board and he's the flat line. Like I go up and down like this heartbeat. I'm on the floor one minute, give me the tissues, oh, my God. And then I'm up like we're going to conquer this or do this. And he's just like my flat line. Wow. And, uh, and I love that because at three in the morning I literally was woken and you know, I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm what you call like a grounded woo-woo. I'm very grounded and realistic, but I've got this woo-woo side because I figure like, mm. why not believe it and embrace it? Who knows? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's right. 
I felt like someone woke me and, and gave me this information to blurt out of my mouth. And I said to Russ, I feel like I have been called to navigate women back into their feminine essence. But because it was three in the morning and I hadn't done my bubble speech and I hadn't <laughs> warmed my speaker voice and my lips up, I said feminescent. And he stopped me, which is a hard thing to do. And he said, God, I love that word. Mm, and I said, what word? Wow. And as he repeated it back to me, it's the first time I'd heard it and I was covered in goosebumps. Mm. And just the way it sounded, and I said, wow, what if this is it? So at five to nine that morning, I'm onto the trademark lawyer. Lock it in, Dan. Oh, no, get this. That's <laughs> mine. Um, and I guess feminescence is really about, if you think about the, the olden day woman uh, back in history through time, you know, Sophia Loren, all these sorts of people, they were beautiful. They were unapologetic. They were confident and they were graceful and they didn't need that whole masculine, hard sell, push, close, salesy, and it's fine to have that. And as women, I believe that we do need to have the balance of the masculine and feminine energies. Otherwise, shiny things on my desk, like everything we produce has got glitter and foil and shiny stuff. Like I'm, I'm, Beautiful. I've gone, you know, I've gone down every other tangent. And so it's really about guiding people back to their own feminine essence their own truth but doing it in a way that's still confident mm. women apologize far too much yeah. we don't need to say sorry for everything that happens around us all day every day yeah. because we didn't have any control in that why can't we be confident not arrogant confident mm. and there's a difference and we can also be graceful we can lean back so when we get out of our head and step back into our soul and our heart we can speak from a different place. We can still get our message across. We can still create impact, but we don't need to do the hard push. Yeah. That's really, I guess, the umbrella of what feminism mm, is to so our, us and our movement. Yeah. You know what I really love around that is that whole confidence that you speak on. And I think this is where... I don't know that I go into the feminine masculine. I don't know if I play in this. I'm, 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 go I'm curious where I go with my thinking after our conversation today because I think there's confidence and I think there's strength. And I think that strength can often be, uh, how do you say it? I think strength can be, said that maybe that's a masculine thing because probably in the past there's not always been females that have been really strong or showing it in a strength in a way that maybe we show it today. And I think then it sort of gets thrown into a masculine sort of char characteristic, right? And I wonder if we're still being really feminine when we're being strong and decisive, it's just not something we're conditioned to be in or has necessarily been something that is our norm. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. I believe that when women feel they need to be strong, they label themselves as being more in their masculine. Mm -hmm. Whereas I believe, because again, we've not really had role models over the years yeah. of strong women and strong because they get on their, their, you know, their soapbox and they might speak louder and they talk really fast and they're using their hands. They're perceived as being all oh, they're speaking like a man. And I don't agree. I believe that strong women can also stay in their feminescence. We can still 
carry our words through that strength and, and, and allow them to create impact. But still, it's often with women that we, we deal with anyway and a lot of our clients, it's still wrapped in abundance of love. Mm. And it can be, we can deliver a harsh, hard message and harsh message to our clients in a strong way, but it can be wrapped in love. Yeah. And it can still create Yeah, impact. look, I just, that, that sort of unwraps so many things in my brain. Here's the thing. Like when you met me, did you see me as a soft butterfly? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. You just apologise. <laughs> Actually, for that one, I am. No, I'm unapologetic. I'm a feminist. No, no. Butterfly wasn't the first I wish thing people went over. Head. Head. I wish people could see your face right now that are listening on a podcast. It is hilarious. <laughs> By the way, there is no judgment. I want you to talk about this because I think this is important. I really do. Because yeah, butterfly wasn't the butterfly, first thing that yeah. popped into mind. <laughs> I guess what I saw was I did see strong, definitely. Mm. I saw uh, the word backbone comes to mind. Um, not backbone for your husband, backbone for pretty much everyone in that room when I met you. It was like you were the go-to <clears throat> for the backbone, mm. the strength, the confidence, the the pillar word pops into my head. That's kind of the image I got. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I love that. I actually really love that. And, you know, I remember when I was studying at leadership college and music college and it was a theological college all combined in, th- you know, three things in one. And I remember being there and people would call me the mother of all nations, Literally. And so that nurturing, that pillar, that backbone was always a part of um, my world and something that's probably come out of my background of, you know, feeling that those that are close to me, those that mean something to me, that I will protect you, I will help to make this the best experience you can because and give voice to. And I think that's always been something. But I think... Going back to that butterfly moment is, you know, a lot of females, and I bring this up because a lot of females have walked by because they've either found it too threatening and later literally have said to me when I have got past that with them, they go, I found you too threatening because you're very strong. And I, I, where I'm unapologetic is where I'm decisive. And I'm decisive with very strong people. I mean, you know my other half. He's not a he's not a uh, fading little rose either. And uh, you know, and so I am really decisive. And I have learned that because when I wasn't decisive, when I wasn't able to make decisions and be strong in those and know what I stand for and know what I don't stand for. I made some pretty bad decisions and those decisions really affected those that were around me. And so I learned that when I actually knew how to make decisions and knew how to make them fast, I was going to be more value at the table, right? But that value has not always been seen as a value. And I think particularly with females, how do we, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to anymore in my life. Like, I feel like you've got to this point as well, that you, you know, you're unapologetic, you know what you stand for. So that means you don't level, like lower your level. 
And I think there was a long time that I lowered my level of what I stood for, my values, my thinking, even my thinking. And I kind of came down to rather than going, hey, this is okay if you want to come on this, Jenny, or if you, I'd really love you to come up to where I am at this moment. Not that I'm above, but that I've got a certain standard, a certain, like that's from ethical to spiritual to physical to intelligences. Like I have a standard for myself and I'm not going to lower it just because that makes you feel comfortable. Oh, gosh, I love that. I love that so much. It's something that I really struggled with because of my background and all the work that I had to do to get to a place where, because naturally I'm an introvert and I was told and I was an introvert, but actually I'm, I'm an extrovert, but I was, I was told I was, so I played the role and mm. I would speak when spoken to and never before. And then when I started to work out who I was, I would walk into a room at a networking event and no one would talk to me. You know, because one of my things that makes me feel good is I get dressed and ready for podcast shows like this as if I'm about to walk on a stage, yeah. not for the fact that anyone's going to see it, it's for me yeah. because I know the way that I am and my my personality type, I don't want to be worried and I feel like I can't speak from the heart unless I present, this is only for me. No one, I even put perfume on for you, love. I've got like, mine no on gonna, too. And it's no, right? real good. <laughs> I'm going to smell it through a podcast show. Uh, but it's all for me. And yeah. so I would turn up to an event as me and that would scare people and frighten them and they wouldn't talk to me. And, again, same thing. Mm. I'd, I'd, finally they'd get to know me and go, she's really lovely. And I'd say, oh, why haven't you talked to me? Oh, I was really, really threatened around you. I'm like, wow. like that's... But, again, then I started the same thing. I, I wasn't going to dim my light so they felt better mm. I would just find people who I felt <laughs> that way around and go into there and suck up into their vibe yeah uh all those people just got on board with it and uh and rose up and look I think it's it's something that we've still got a lot of work to do and right. you know women in business so seriously even something literally I put up yesterday on LinkedIn about uh an opportunity we have at the moment uh for our magazine and one lady in a construction field thought it was a great opportunity to have a go at me about this silly image she calls it on our cover. Why not put someone from the construction industry rather than this silly image? And I just looked at that comment and I thought, we still have such a long way to go. Just because our magazine with a beautiful illustration doesn't suit you and your yeah. tribe, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a place in the world. Yeah. Why can't we just celebrate the fact that this silly image actually makes a lot of women really happy around the world and yeah. your construction image probably does as well. There is room for both of us and we've got a long way to go. So how do we narrow that gap? I feel like, and, and I'm, this is something that I'm really working on because Although I'm wanting and I'm not going to lower my levels, I don't want to leave people behind. I don't want to feel, I don't want to walk in a room and make you mm. feel uncomfortable. That is not, mm. that is no. so seriously not what I'm about. Nor am I about, you know, if I talk, want to talk about something really different, I'm not going to make you feel uncomfortable because you talk about something different. I think we can narrow that gap. I'm not sure that I know how to do that. 
you know, in a way that I could click my fingers and it's all done. <laughs> like I haven't quite got to that point in life. But I do feel there are some things that we can say or do or and, and one of them is that I always believe that in every conversation, there is something we can connect on. We may disagree on everything else. We may not even understand anything else that is being said. But I do believe there's always some sort of connection point. Now, my concern is that people move on before they get to that conversation to have that connection point. How do we get, and, and that's one of the pieces of my work is, how do we get, you know, people that look different, sound more, you know, different at the table, helping to make decisions that are affecting all of us. And I think that, you know, if I look at where females are across the spectrum and in life at this moment, I'd love to see more females at the table that are confident to bring whatever that is to the table. How do we do that by narrowing that gap and going, you might be, like you said, you know, the introvert, extrovert, the confident, the less confident, but very smart and still got a very big message to bring across. Very different, but yet also important to be at the table. Yeah, it's such a big question, isn't it? And it's, it's one of those questions that I feel like if we could just plant the seed in people's minds that everyone has a place Hmm. every message every voice matters and if they could embrace that and weren't so tunnel vision with their own viewpoints and their own beliefs uh, and their own vault line we could possibly start to shift even if they just shifted a little bit either way an inch either side out of their 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 world that they live in just a little bit but that but that brings up something else within me because it takes a a, a ton or a truckload of confidence Mm -hmm. to shift outside of your thinking because that's down scary darn scary because hang on a minute you want me to step out of my Mm -hmm. comfort zone that I've fully furnished with all the things that I love and I know every corner of and I feel too too safe in here Mm -hmm. and you want me to go outside of that to think a little bit differently oh I don't know So we need to provide platforms and containers for people to feel safe in, to explore. It doesn't mean that we're swaying them to our way of thinking. It means that we're asking them to be open, that there might be another way or a different viewpoint. It doesn't have to be theirs, but it doesn't mean that mine's wrong either. So I did take the opportunity yesterday to message this lady privately and ask her had she read my magazine. And that opened up a really interesting conversation, uh, Mm -hmm. which she then apologised for her comment because she's never even picked it up. So she doesn't know that we actually Mm -hmm. do profile women in construction inside and all sorts. We're very diverse. Uh, But it was just, and maybe that helped her shift a little bit. So I'm also one of those people, it's not that I want to hold people to task. It wasn't done for that reason. I genuinely wanted to know if that was honest feedback, we need to look at that. But because she'd never picked it up and didn't know our brand, then we don't need to take that on board because we can all learn. I'm open to feedback from people who are in our space and can give us, and we do get that. Uh, but it, it allowed her to think, well, maybe next time I might comment on things I actually know because if I wasn't me and I wasn't as confident in our brand and what I do, maybe that would have shifted me a bit. Maybe I would have ditched my whole concept and mm. you never know. Some people can get rattled by that. 
Yeah, so true. You know what's interesting is when you have that conversation, you could both see each other's perspective on what's happening and and why you're doing things and, and why she said what she did and what you're saying. I think we miss out on that conversation too many times. And, and that's really concerning me right now. And, you know, you go back into that comfort, that safe zone where we know as a human race, we're confident, we're, we stay in. The problem is that if we keep doing that, what I believe is that the minorities are going to become even more minorities that then become even more minorities. And we almost bring more distractions, more devastation by becoming more like that because it's like only if I'm like this am I okay. And now that I'm not, you're not listening to me and I'm not listening to you, then I'm only okay if I'm over in this spot. And we know, we know that's not beneficial for the human race going forward. Yet we're still building culture out like this. And I think this is where it's a little bit, if we continue to do it the same way, we're going to get those results. Now, as you said, it's uncomfortable when we come out of those safe platforms. We come out of that safe place that we all know. Yet we have to do that to be, and for me, it's about what if I listen at the table? And it's not about you changing to what I'm thinking and I'm changing to what you're thinking. I just want to hear their perspective. Here's the thing. I don't know what I don't know. But when I know something, I believe there's a responsibility to take ownership on that. What do I mean by that? I mean, if there's something that you bring to the table, I didn't know until you brought that to my attention. And I think that's going to add value to what I believe what I are my non-negotiables, then I'm going to take that on. But if I wasn't even willing to have a conversation, I would never have heard that or been willing to sort of even, even be curious about it. And I think we as a human race are getting less and less curious mm-hmm. and going, you've just got to listen to me. And, and if we stand up and going back to the female sort of version of this, because I think this is an interesting conversation right now, is if I stand up and I scream louder, you're going to listen more. Or if I am aggressive or if I am Mm. against everything that everything, then you're going to want to come on. And I wonder why that is attracting so many people when it's almost like out of this anger that all of a sudden people are connecting together. And I'm like, how can we connect? How can we support each other? on this journey and have each other's back like a bro thing but a cis thing right like (laughs) sisterhood how do we do that in a way and and bring that around because I have to tell you here in Australia particularly I have not seen that done well no me neither have I and it's really sad because I have seen a few different powerhouse kind of women get Mm -hmm. together and, uh, you know, then they're starting these events and within yeah. literally 12 months, no longer. Someone's wanted more than someone else and it's yeah. like, oh, gosh, mm. yeah, I've never seen, even women in business I mentored for, for a number of years and I would have women come to me and they were in partnership with another woman and or they're wanting to go in partnership and I'm like, oh, and it, I've never seen that work. And I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's a... Uh, 
I'm better than you. I'm more worthy than you. Therefore, I need more than you. I need more airtime on the stage. I want to be first. I want to be the headlines. But I'm not sure why and where that comes from in their own mm. story, in their own background, in their own narrative. Uh, however, it's it's there somewhere. How we fix that? Oh, <clears throat> I guess, you know, one of the reasons I'm launching the TV show uh, with a live audience rather than just an online show is because mm. we want to change and shift the narrative and the, and, and the the mindset sli- ever so slightly with people physically in the energy of the room mm-hmm. and the fact that it's recorded and will be streamed across to hopefully a few people <laughs> uh, is a bonus, but yeah. we want to shift the, the mindset of the women in the room. And, you know, the girlfriend hour is all about, women and it's going to have men on the show as well and it's really showing the mix of energies that can come together and so we can bring conversations to more people and I guess the way that we can all do our bit is exactly what you're doing Karen Marie is having your show having your conversations with your clients having your your mentoring your space because if we could all ask this question Mm. it will sit in people's minds and whether we have an answer collectively at the moment or not at some point we might because you're asking the question over and over again to lots of people it'll sit with me now and I'll carry it through my Mm. day and I'll I'll relay it with someone else that I speak with today and you know that's how we can start to shift this is if we all start to ask better questions yeah oh I so agree on that and I think You know, one of the reasons that I asked questions as a kid growing up was actually, and and I didn't do it well when I was really young and I struggled because I was dyslexic and I was very different. I thought differently to everyone else. And because of that, I was actually really misunderstood in a lot of ways. I thought I was the dumb one in the class. I was told that many times because I thought really differently. So for years and years and years, I thought that I just, because I thought differently, that that actually made me a person that was, um, you know, not up to the levels of other people in that understanding. And what I realized years later when I really gave into what is it and started asking myself the questions, what is it I'm meant to do? What is it that I do differently? And how has that been beneficial to other people? What I realized was my difference became so much my genius zone. And where it was that I thought differently, that was what people were wanting and needed. And where I was willing to do things differently to everyone else, that was actually a leadership thing where I could literally pioneer different things along the way. That didn't come easily to me. It really didn't. And I've had to fight with myself from, you know, we had this conversation the other day where I was literally the secret source to going, am I willing to not be the secret source anymore? And I, I fought with that for such a long time, knowing that the bigger picture was way bigger than what I was playing at at that point. And I would have loved if I'd had some girlfriends that would have come on that journey with me and even just a really good bunch of males that would have come on with me. But because it was such far out thinking and in a lot of ways it really was, I had to do a lot of my early journey on my own. A slight disruption to the conversation. 
have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? Two, maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly, do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay. I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity, like you, are stakeholders to design cutting-edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay. Let's get back to the conversation. I'm glad that I have this resilience and mental toughness that I'm kind of like, you know, these new puppies that we have and they hold on to those ropes and they don't let go. I feel like I'm kind of one of those people that I have 20 year plus dreams and visions that I have just nurtured over the time and I've never let go. I think you know, all of us would move at a much faster pace if we had each other's back, if we had more that understood. One thing I did learn was that although I didn't have a whole lot of people and for a long time I looked for someone and I would go, Shah, can you just like have my whole back on my whole vision? And you couldn't because you just couldn't mm. grasp all of it. You just, it was too big a thing for others. And what I had to learn was find someone that could understand that little piece and understand that piece over there. And because I was willing to do that, I actually was able to then get someone that was almost like, and I would always look for this world-class at their sort of skill set, and I'd go, oh, they would understand this piece. And then all of a sudden I had this amazing support network, right, because I was willing to go, people don't need to understand everything but you need some tight. And I love the girlfriend hour kind of concept because it's like, hey, we've got each other. Let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts? What do you think when I talk like that? Oh, just absolutely. Totally agree. And I used to talk about having your circle of six around you mm. because often people would just have their raving fan. You know, I've got a few yeah. raving fans that have come and flowed into my life and out of my life over the years. And it's 17, 18 years in business this year, I think. And uh, it's been interesting watching the ones that are flowing in and out. They're great, but 
you can't just have them because I any I'm a, yeah. I'm a creator, right? I'm an, yes. I'm the visionary. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, hang on, I need someone to challenge that as well. So I need a circle of six. I need the supporter. I need the critic. I need the someone who's going to say, hang on a minute, you said you weren't doing anymore. You've got this. When are you going to, yeah. you know? So you need all different types of people and I like that you said you've got you know give this piece to certain people and Mm. industry experts that's brilliant and uh, I also think you need those cynic type people as well who can pick pick the hell out of it Mm. and just go oh that'll never work people won't spend money you want that because it challenges your thinking and ultimately it's still your decision however it's really good to have that that level of thinking as well Uh, so I, I, at the moment, the pendulum, I think everyone would probably agree with this, that the pendulum is swinging more for women to rise. And there's a lot more men, a lot more husbands like mine. I retired him four years ago. He works in the business sometimes Mm. when I can get him to do stuff. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he travelled and worked incredibly hard for 35 years and took us around the world and he's... Mm well and truly deserve this and uh, but he's the backbone the supporter that does all the things and there's so many of my friends and women I know that have their husbands at home now and they're really comfortable with that and so if it's our time to rise we need to take them on that journey Mm. because I really feel like a lot of men in history didn't really take the women on the journey with them it was stay home, have dinner on the table with a ribbon in your hair at six o'clock. Whereas if they had a, maybe as a human race, we wouldn't be as different now. And women sort of, there's some women out there really trying to claw their way. We would, probably wouldn't have had to do that. So I want to bring men on this journey in, in the world I play in anyway. We publish men's books as well. We had a segment in the magazine for men. We'll have men on the TV show as well. Like it's not just for women. But I do believe that that sisterhood, we call them fem sisters, so our feminescent sisters. It's a fem sister thing. We've got a hashtag even, like we're that cool. And, uh, you know, I know, right? That's not, (laughs) no one ever said that to me growing up, I can tell you. So I'll I'll receive that with grace. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And, you know, we do our, our femme sisters within our community, they love using it. Yeah. And if it's someone's birthday, you know, they'll, they'll literally sign off with that. And it, it allows them to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves until they see themselves where we see them. Yes. We see them at that level. Yeah. But we'll hold that space for them. We'll challenge them and we'll push them and we'll, we'll support and nurture, but they've got to do the work. Mm-hmm. No, one will, no one can do that for you, but we'll hold it for them. And they feel like they're not alone because they know all the other fan sisters within our community, all of our clients, we're all striving to create impact. Mm. And so if we do it together, how much more yeah. fun is that? Yes. Yeah, so you don't want to fun. travel and do stuff. I said to one of my clients years ago when she first started mentoring with me, nine years I think I met her um, from, and I said one day I could see her. I, she started to open up and I got through all the stuff she knew she wanted to tell me and I got into her heart and, and I really drove her hard with questions because she wanted to work with me for 12 months. I thought, mm, that's a lot of my time for someone. I don't know you prove you know let's have this chat anyway we we got down into the real mix of it oh and I could see who she could become and I said to her mark this moment Mm. we are going to travel the world together you're going to be speaking on international stages and as we went to India two three years ago now 
we went to India to speak at a large global women's conference and then we did a trip to the Taj Mahal. We went to our charity. We fundraised for girls off the streets. And as we stood at the Taj Mahal, I reminded her of that moment. We both cried. (laughs) You know, it's, it's when you've got people around you, be it women or men, that are in your corner and will give you the tough love when you need it as well and unapologetically tell you what you need to hear uh, with the right heart. I'm open for that conversation any day of the week. But if you just come at me without any background, without any story, without knowing who I am, where I've come from, that's just, that's what we've got to shift. We've got to stop that. If you come at me when you know me and you know what I'm doing and you're going to really challenge me for the right reason and outcome, I'm all for it. Okay, so let's pull that piece because I think there's a reason people come at you. I, I, I do believe there's literally reasons to why there's pushback and it's nothing to do with you. I, I seriously believe that. I've seen the patterns over time. And where I used to take it on board, if someone was, what are you talking about? Why would you do that? Who? Like, and you talk about the critics. I've had so many critics throughout the years. And usually it's been, honestly, those closest to me have been my worst critics. And I don't believe it's because they didn't love me or that they didn't want the best for me. They just couldn't understand it. And I think this is one of the pieces that I hope through conversations that we change the way we communicate, the way that we're communicating and the way that we're building our cultures out. And I think, you know, I talk about this a lot, but the old approach is kind of like the way that it's always been done. And there's been words that we've said, how we've talked to each other, how we've supported people on that journey. And I think some of those things are not beneficial going forward. And we need a new approach to that. If you were thinking of culture and building out culture, what are some of the ways you've been able to communicate so that those in your community know they've got the support, know that you've got their back, know that, yes, there is tough love, but there's also a lot of love behind that. You know, it's not just that toughness, there's a love behind it. So one of the things that I've I've always done, I guess it's an old principle, but I really love the way that it's delivered and it resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So this will either resonate to someone listening or it won't and e- either way is okay. It really worked for me because I'm a Cancerian, so tough exterior, mm-hmm. very warm, soft, loving, caring, nurturing on the inside and I want the best for people and I often wanted it more than they did. So I'd hold that space for a period of time and then I'd release it because mm-hmm. I'd get saddened if they didn't do that work. But one of the, the ways that I would deliver it uh, was the feedback sandwich. <laughs> Old principle, right? Here's something you've done really well. Here's what I yeah. want you to work on and why, and then wrap it with love at the end. Because I think when you can sugarcoat a piece of yuck, yeah. uh, it's not that it's blowing smoke anywhere. It's really about there is always something with the people I come across. It's always something they're doing well, always. Mm. If you look for it, if you look through that lens, there's always something they're doing well. Whether you agree with it, understand it, get it, that doesn't matter. There's something they're doing well. For some people, getting out of bed every day is is a, is yeah. a big thing. Yeah. With what either their health, either a relationship, either that, you know, something, sometimes just getting up 
and getting ready and getting clothes on is a big deal. And sometimes I would have to go just to that and say, you know, you got here on time, you're dressed, you're ready, kids are at school, whatever. And then I would say, right, here's something that we need to work on together. It's not you've got to do the work. I'm happy to be there for you. Yeah, you've got to do a bit more, but I'll be there. I'll soundboard it. And uh, and then wrap it with something great at the end. And I don't know, it's just worked for me, Kira Marie, and I feel Mm. it fits my personality type. It allows me to feel really comfortable that I have reminded them that they are great and life, the world, the mainstream media, because I will never put myself in that category, yeah. uh, I believe have a lot to answer for in the way that they make people feel about themselves, the life they live, the choices they make. They're taking a lot of uh, decisions away from people that used to make their own decisions for themselves. And I really want to start to encourage people to empower themselves again with they know what's right for them. And if something doesn't feel right, it isn't right. (laughs) And I wish people would reconnect back in with their feminescence and their intuition, especially as women. Oh, my God. Your intuition is your internal GPS system. It's it's guiding you. You know, say mother's Mm -hmm. intuition. It's women's intuition in general. But, yes, as a mum, I can sense. I've got adult children. I can Mm -hmm. sense when who has hit the fan I can sense it and I might not speak to them for a few days and I'll know and one's 28 and you go how did you know mum I just do and so as women we have that as well but we often push it down and then someone will say something different and we listen to that voice and we turn that voice up louder than our own I'm like when at what point in history did we give all of our power away to anyone else and we stop listening to ourselves we really need to reconnect back in with self and that's that's the biggest piece that you know one of the, one of the main things we want to talk about on the girlfriend hour is when did we stop listening to ourselves? Mm. When was that for you? That moment. And then when was the transition to go? Hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. I guess the first moment that I even believed that I was allowed to have my own thoughts was at 15 and a half when my stepfather found out about my engagement. I was engaged from the age of 11 to 15 and a half. Mm. And he found out about it. And the next day called me up to his office and asked me if this is what I want. And I had never since birth been told I even had a choice. I was married, going to be married at 16 and that was it. That was it. That was done. There was no, would you like to? Mm. So that was that first like, well, hang on a minute, do you mean I can actually have a life that I want? So I guess that's instilled something. And then when I met my husband at Mm -hmm. 17 and a half and we got married at 22, I realised then that that was the first step in me going, well, maybe I can choose some things. And then I guess from there it just got stronger because then I was, it felt like a bit of a game, Kira Marie. It was like, well, maybe we could move to another country and maybe we can do that. (laughs) And then we travelled for eight years and lived in all these countries Mm. and took our kids on this experience and adopted our daughter when she was six days old. It was like, oh, it was just like this kid in a candy store. I'm like, life, let me at it. Mm. Um, And then in business, I started to realise that I didn't have to follow what had been done before. And so when I launched my magazine, I had no experience. Then when our digital magazine 
our readers wanted it to be in print because they wanted tangible because of that, you know, that mm-hmm. we're tactile in our age group. And uh, they crowdfunded us. And this was at a time when when I was ringing up, getting advice from people in the magazine industry, <laughs> every do one that. of them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> literally. Exactly. They're all like, we're closing our print magazine yeah. and we're taking it to digital and you want to do what? And you're not from the industry. And that's when I started to realise that, hang on, I believe in this. I believe in this product. I believe that women need YMAG and I'm willing to back it. We bootstrap everything. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think that's when I started to realise that it didn't turn to dust. It turned into this exceptional product. Mm -hmm. And then then it just gave me that confidence. And I I wouldn't say I'm bulletproof because I've turned out some great rotten (laughs) eggs as well (laughs) and they still stink. Um, but majority of the things that, that we do and I really feel into it and I test it and I challenge it with my circle, yeah. uh, it's rock solid. And I, then then now they'll say to me, Shah, you know this is right and here's all the reasons. I know you need to hear them, but you already know. Mm-hmm. And I do now. So I think it's just something I'm really comfortable with when I make decisions now. They're solid. They're grounded in love. They're, the biggest thing I'm here to do is create impact and I'm, an, I'm a connector. Mm-hmm. I see great people and I just go, well, we had this conversation. We shared something that you needed. And I'm like, I know someone who can make that happen. And it was yeah. just being, I love doing that. I get, I get such a joy by helping people move forward that little step. And so the show, the magazine, the books, it's all about getting great stories out there, stories that don't normally see the light of day because they don't meet the, the top media criteria of other yeah. magazines and these are the rock salt, honest, amazing people in the world. Like, why yeah. aren't they? I know. And that's I why so we exist. Yeah. I so hear you. It's one of the reasons that I started the Decision Table show. And it was literally because I was having conversations with amazing people, strangers across the world. And I kind of felt like I was being selfish that I was getting to have this conversation, but no one else could listen in on it. And there was always something that I would learn from it. And I felt that others could, you know, gain something from it as well. And, and I think that's part of the way that we help empower others. I, I you know, just as we kind of start winding this up, a couple of things I want to just, I feel like an incomplete loop. And that is that you say, I, I want to see people more empowered. I want them to be following their GPS more, you know, trusting their gut. What are some, you know, like if there were five sort of tips or ways in which people can do that, how can they do it? Like what does that look like? So I guess one of the ways is definitely the first voice that you hear when you ask a question is the right one. And, yes, you can soundboard it. Yes, you can test it. But normally that's our intuition screaming at us. And then our ego brain comes in and then picks it apart and you can't do that. And so I guess to to trust that voice first. The second thing is definitely find your circle of six. Mm. definitely find those people that play different roles from your cynic to your supporter to your raving fan to all of those people find a really good mix I think that's so important if you're even if you're not in business if you are you need it even more Uh, and and then you can find people that can kind of co-parent your business Mm. and you can meet four times a year even and you all be really honest and open and share and that's really important I guess to 
Uh, number three would be, I mean, step into your feminine essence. If you're a woman listening to this, yeah. uh, you know, really trust that you are on this path for a reason. And even if things are pretty rubbish right now, which I've been there many times, mm. know that it will get better if you keep asking the right questions, surrounding yourself with the right people, listening to shows like this. It could be one line, one word that you or I say that could shift someone and that's enough to spend an hour of your time on, in my opinion. Uh, number four, I would say, is make sure that you create balance in your life mm. because if you are doing anything, it's like a diet, everything in moderation. Yeah. If you go and eat a family block every night, you're going to put on weight. Your diabetes mm, probably is not beneficial. Yeah. Not really, no. And it's the same in everything we do. We can't work, work, work and not have any downtime. Yeah. I take myself on a date every Friday lunchtime. My team know. I lock the office down. My husband and family know. Leave me alone. I'll come back when I come back. Sometimes I'm back in two hours. Sometimes I'm back at seven o'clock. Wow. But sometimes I'm with a friend. Sometimes I'm just by myself. It's my decon compressed so I think that's really important as number four and number five I would say truly ask yourself what impact are you creating and this life is not a dress rehearsal people this is it and we don't know whatever your beliefs are whether you come back or don't come back I don't know and no one can really confirm that so if this is it what is the impact because it's not promised to anyone that you're going to live till whatever age so every day I wake up and I ask myself, what impact can I create in one person's life today? If this is all I have, what's the impact I can mm. create? That's I what I would that. say. I love that. I was just sitting and in, in, in listening to that. And, you know, I think, I think one of the things that I get from that moment is I want to know where does Sha want to go in the future? What are you, what, what's motivating you? What's inspiring you? Why are you so like, you know, almost, it's funny because you talk about empowering and I talk about and, you know, trusting your gut and, and things like that. And a lot of what I do is exercising the muscle of human intelligence. And there's, there's different ways in which that, that happens. But part of that reason is the more that you get to exercise that and build that muscle, it's like what you were saying earlier the the more you move into that space the more you go okay I'm going to do this in business I'm going to do this in my personal life and my relationships I now know that I it's it's a non-negotiable for me to have my Friday date like I love that and and I think if more of us could actually exercise our muscle of human intelligences we'd have smarter people making smarter decisions at the table what are you thinking and where do you see leadership and uh you know the females going because we've talked a lot about females at this moment and I just kind of where do you see that in the future what are you hoping that to look like I, I guess I truly hope the first thing that's come to my mind which is obviously what I meant to say I truly hope the future of leadership is what the women want mm. I really hope that it's not what history is is commanding of us it's not a history rinse and repeat. I truly hope it's what women want because there are a lot of women within my circle and even me. Mm. I'm not looking to be the largest publisher on the planet to have the biggest and best and global TV show that spans every corner. That's just not who I am. I would like to create impact in the world that I play in, as small or big as people wanted to categorise that is okay. 
I just hope that the future of women is where that woman wants it to go for herself. And if she wants to be the queen, if she wants to to create a global business and create impact, I 100% support that as long as it's what she wants. Oh, I love that. And that's what I'm taking from our conversation today because it is so true. And I think that is just such a great reminder of what does a woman want? And I think we have to go then back to what do I want? I'm, I identify as a woman. What do I want as a woman? Uh, and where does it, and I'm really strong on what I want as a woman. But I also think that there's parts of being a woman that you can keep working on and stretching and, and growing and evolving. And I think part of that is a presence. I think there's, you know, it's interesting, but for me, having a presence when you walk in a room, knowing who you are, what you're about, there is a strength in that that speaks way louder than words, way louder than, uh, you know, standing up from a stage and screaming out, all this, uh, all this stuff that we know that is breaking things rather than helping things. And, and I think that's what I want as a woman is to have a presence that, yes, there's strength in there, and I'm okay with strength. There's, the strength has helped me build resilience. It's helped me to build the mental toughness to do parts of journey that only I could have done and I don't ever want anyone else to go through. But I can tell you it's also helped to make who I am today. And I think there's a presence that I really want to keep building on that builds confidence, confidence in what I'm doing so that I can do that really well, but a confidence that if I can do it, maybe someone else could do it with me. Someone else could do it or do what they're meant to do because they see you're doing that. And I think, you know, there's a presence that I'm also, I know what my non-negotiables are and what they're not. And for me, that is important because I think there's a lot in, world, in this world today that we follow, that we're not making decisions based on what we believe. It's what others are believing. And so for me, that's what I'm taking from our conversation. So thank you so much for that. Um, what are you taking from our conversation? The thing that I want to take away from today is that conversations truly matter. Because if we weren't having this conversation, my brain's going in all different directions right now and we need to stir the pot sometimes and we can only do that by having honest, open conversations with leaders. Yeah, And that's how we can start to think differently and it expands our thinking. So I'm so grateful for the last hour because your conversation, your words, your uh, your your thought process and your conviction to your strength, your unapologetic, unapologetic strength, which I love, mm-hmm. that courageous side, that's been your pillar that's allowed you to navigate the life so far and given you the confidence to keep going forward. I thank you for that. So that's something mm-hmm. I'm taking thank away you. is that you never lose your confidence when you walk into a room and you never dim your light so others can feel better. That's something that I did do for many years and haven't mm-hmm. for a while, but I also haven't been out and about for a long, long time. I don't go to events and networking spaces because I just I haven't found my people yet. 
Yeah. And time is a little precious. So when I do go, I want to make sure it counts. And but I want to make sure that I retain who I am. So thank you for giving that yeah. permission as well to another woman leader to say, walk into a room mm. confidently as you are. Oh, I love that. Oh, and that's you're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Oh. I just want to sit in that for a second because I know here's the thing. I think we we move past things so fast sometimes and we're not listening to what is being said. What you said was so powerful and that's the whole reason that I do what I do is that I want to create spaces for us to have conversations so that we learn from each other. If people want to learn from you, I know I didn't say this earlier and I should have, and I don't normally leave it till this moment, but if they want to connect with you, find out more about what you're doing, how do they do that best? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on on Instagram, we're, we're all over everything, really. So feminessence.com.au, if it's about publishing, uh, sphbooks.com. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, I'm Sha I'm Moore. Uh, there's a couple of underscores in there, but you can't not find me. I've got a website as well, sharmore.com.au. So people always seem to track you down when they need you or they need, so they need to be part of that space. I think people will find me if they want to. That's so true. And I love that. (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful you've been here. But here's the thing before I finish up, I just want to say is there anything that I didn't like give you the space to say that you really wanted to? Uh, Yeah. I guess the only other thing that I would love to add is that I, I feel really called at the moment and we're in 2022, depending mm. on when you're listening to this, I feel really called, called at the moment to encourage people to become unconscious, conscious leaders. Mm. And that's kind of a contradictory term, but we live our life so robotically already, mm. whereas if we could unconsciously live consciously and I love that you actually just touched on it which is why it reminded me that we often don't sit in the moment we just roll past it to the next thing because in our head it's like I've got to say this before I go and make sure I give this and Mm. and so if we became unconsciously conscious we wouldn't be asleep through our own life because many people that you ask what did you do on the weekend what did you do on holidays what time do they won't remember because they're so unconscious so can we become unconsciously conscious and actually live and be present and take in every moment of every minute of every day because you never know when it's going to be your last. Oh, love that. And then here's the thing, one, one thing that I've done, and I do it every time, and, and it's like in the morning the first thing I do is some sort of movement, and it's not with headphones on, it's not with uh, even necessarily in a conversation with anyone or anything It may be just by myself. This morning it was jumping in the pool. uh, And I just, when I come out, I'm just conscious, literally, of being in the water, how it's making me feel, what am I thinking? And then I come up and I'm listening to the birds. And I'm doing that consciously because without even, like, I'm not intentionally doing it. I'm doing it now really unconscious because I've done it so many times and the reason I did it initially was because I didn't want to miss out on maybe things that were happening in my environment that I could walk by or I would so I started the day always going what am I hearing did I hear that bird did I hear that rustle what's that rustle and the other thing was smell what am I smelling what am I 
what's that? What's that? Maybe it's not a good thing, especially with two little puppies. But you know, uh, what, what is that? What is that I'm seeing? And I would make sure that I would be going for walks or whatever it is. Or I came out of the pool and I just sat by the edge of it, just looking out. And I just want to see, because maybe I see something in the sky that I never saw before. And I do that on purpose because I literally want to come to conversations. Because if I don't see you, I may miss something. And by the way, for those that are listening on the podcast, behind Chaz, just this beautiful environment that she's put by. And for, as a visual, I have to say I've had to find it really hard not to get distracted <laughs> because it's so gorgeous, but I love it. I love the simplicity yet the beauty that you've got behind you. It makes me feel like, oh, wow, there's <laughs> just beauty there. And I like remi being reminded that in this world where often we see not things that are not nice, that there is beauty amongst it. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what, you've, what you bring to your community and I hope to the wider community more with the show and the magazine. Uh, you're, you're just, a, I wouldn't say a butterfly, because I'm not a butterfly, so you're not allowed to be a butterfly. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think, uh, you know, what you bring is a strength, but a really feminine strength, and I love that. And I, I love the softness, and I, I have to say, from one hard chick with a soft heart inside, that often people will walk by that exterior, and I hope they don't walk by your exterior that maybe sometimes you've put in place when you've put up that, that walking in, but you walk in with that presence that is actually that beauty inside. And I think when we are able to do that as a female, then less walk by and more connect with what you, there's so much value that you bring. So thank you. And oh, I thank you. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. I've got nothing left to say now. I love that. So I'm going to end this now. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlay. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.